0: Okay. Today, the story, the chapter is Indian Camp. Day after day was hotter than the day before. The wind was hot, as if it came out of an oven, Ma said. The grass was turning yellow, and the whole world was rippling green and gold under the blazing sky. At noon, the wind died, no birds sang, and... Everything was so still that Laura could hear the squirrels chattering in the trees down by the creek. Suddenly, black crows flew overhead, cawing through their rough, sharp caws. Then everything was still again, and Ma said it was midsummer. Pa wondered where the Indians had gone. He said they had left their little camp on the prairie. And one day he, he asked Laura and Mary if they'd like to see that camp. Laura jumped up and down and clapped her hands, but Ma objected. It's so far, Charles, she said, and in, in this heat, Pa's eyes, blue as can be, twinkled. These, this heat doesn't hurt the Indians, and it won't hurt us, he said. Come on, girls. Please, can't Jack come too, Laura begged. Pa had his gun, but he looked at Laura, and he looked at Jack, and then he looked at Ma, and he put the gun on top of the pegs again. All right, Laura, I'll take Jack, Caroline, and leave you the gun. Jack jumped around them, wagging the stump of a tail, and as soon as he saw which way they were going, he set off trotting ahead. Pa came next Behind him came Mary and then Laura. Mary kept her sunbonnet on, but Laura let hers dangle down her back. The ground was hot under their bare feet, and the sunshine pierced through their faded dresses and tingled on their arms and backs. The air was really as hot as an air in the oven, and it smelled faintly like baking bread. Pa said the smell came from all the grass seeds parching in the heat. They went farther and farther into the vast prairie. Laura felt smaller and smaller. Even Pa didn't seem as big as he really was. At last, they went down into the little hollow where the Indians had camped. Jack started up a big rabbit. When it bounded out of the grass, Laura jumped. Pa said quickly, Let him go, Jack. We have meat enough. So Jack sat down and watched the big rabbit go bounding down the hollow. Laura and Mary looked around them, and they stayed close to Pa. Low bushes grew on the sides and the hollow bucket brush with sprays of berries, faintly pink and sumac holding green cones, but showing there and here and there a bright red leaf. The goldenrod's plumes were turning gray and the oxide daisy's petals fell and hung down from the crown centers. All was hidden in the secret little hollow. From the house Laura had seen nothing but grasses, but now from this hollow she could not see the house. And the prairie seemed to be level, but it was not level. Laura asked Pa if there was lots of hollows in the prairie like this one. He said there were. Are Indians in them? She almost whispered. He said he didn't know. There might be. She held tight to his hand and Mary held his other hand and they looked at the Indians camp. There were ashes where Indian campfires had been and there were holes in the ground where tent poles had been driven. Bones were scattered where the Indian dogs had gnawed on them, and all along the sides of the hollow Indian ponies had bitten the grass shorter. Tracks of big moccasins and smaller moccasins were everywhere, and tracks of little bear toes, and over these tracks were tracks of rabbits, and tracks of birds, and of wolves. Pa read the tracks for Mary and Laura and he showed them the tracks of two middle-sized moccasins by the edge of the camp's fire ashes. An Indian woman had squatted there, and she wore a leather skirt with fringes, and the tiny marks of the fringe wore in the dust. The tracks of her toes inside the moccasins were deeper than the tracks of her heels, because she had leaned forward to stir something. Cooking in a pot on the fire. Then Pa picked up a smoke blackened fork stick. He said that the pot had hung from a stick laid across the top of two upright fork sticks, and he showed Mary and Laura the holes where the fork sticks had been driven into the ground. Then he told them to look at the bones around the campfire and tell him. What cooked in that pot? They looked, and they said, Rabbit! And that was right. The bones were rabbit bones. Suddenly, Laura shouted, Look, look! Something bright blue glittered in the dust. She picked it up, and it was a beautiful blue bead. Laura shouted with joy. Then Mary saw a red bead, and Laura saw a green one, and they forgot. They forgot about everything but beads. Pa helped them look, and they found white beads and brown beads and more and more red and blue beads. All that afternoon they hunted for beads in the dust of the Indian camp. Now and then Pa walked up to the edge of the hollow and looked towards home. Then he came back and helped them hunt for more beads, and they looked all the the ground over carefully. When they couldn't find any more, it was almost sunset, and Laura had a handful of beads. So did Mary. Pa tied them carefully in his handkerchief, and Laura's beads in one corner and Mary's in another corner, and he put the handkerchief in his pocket, and they started home. The sun was low behind their backs when they came out of the hollow. Home was small and very far away, and Pa didn't have his gun. Pa walked so swiftly that Laura could hardly keep up. She trotted as fast as she could, but the sun sank faster. Home seemed farther and farther away, and the prairie seemed larger, and the wind ran over it. Whispering something frightening, all the grass shook as if it was scared. Then Pa turned around, his blue eyes twinkled at Laura. He said, Getting tired, little half-pint? It's a long way for little legs. He picked her up. Big girl as she was, and he settled her safe against his shoulder. He took Mary by the hand, and so they all came home together. Supper was cooking on the fire. Ma was setting the table. and Baby Carrie played with pieces of wood on the floor. Pa tossed the handkerchief to Ma. I'm later than I meant, Caroline, he said, but look what the girls found. He took the milk bucket and went quickly to... Bring Pete and and Patty from their picket lines and milk the cow. Ma untied the handkerchief and exclaimed at what she found. The beads were even prettier than they had been in the Indian camp. Laura stirred her beads with her finger and watched them sparkle and shine. These are mine, she said. Then Mary said, Carrie can have mine. Ma waited to hear what Laura would say. Laura didn't want to say anything. She wanted to keep those pretty beads. Her chest felt all hot inside, and she wished with all her might that Mary wouldn't have, wouldn't always be such a good little girl. But she couldn't let Mary be better than she was. So she said slowly, "Carrie c- can have mine too. That's very, uh, that's." That's very unselfish, good little girls, said Ma. She poured Mary's beads into Mary's hands and Laura's into Laura's hands, and she said she would give them a thread to string them on. The beads would make a pretty necklace for Carrie to wear around her neck. Mary and Laura sat side by side on their bed, and they strung those pretty beads on the thread that Ma gave them. Each wet her end of the thread in her mouth and twisted it tw- tightly then mary put her end of the thread through the small hole in each of the beads and laura put her end through her beads one by one they didn't say anything perhaps mary felt sweet and good inside but laura didn't when she looked at mary she wanted to slap her so she dared not look at mary again the beads made a beautiful string carrie clapped her hands and laughed when she saw it Then Ma tied it around Carrie's little neck, and it glittered there, and Laura felt a little bit better. After all, her beads were not enough beads to make a whole string, and neither were Mary's, but together they made a whole string of beads for Carrie. When Carrie felt the beads around on her neck, she grabbed at them. She was so little that she didn't know any better than to break the string So Ma untied it, and she put the beads away until Carrie should be old enough to wear them. And often after that, Laura thought of those pretty beads, and she was still naughty enough to want her beads for herself. But it had been a wonderful day, and she could always think about that long walk across the prairie and about all the things they had seen in the Indian camp. Okay, boys, I hope you have a really good sleep, and we're getting closer, closer to the night that I'm going to come home. Sure do love you, boys. Good night.